We all know how important effective communication is. It can literally make or break our business. Simultaneously, some of the people who are the worst at communicating really think they're doing a great job at it. How can we know if our company is communicating at the level we would like? Stay tuned, and I'll tell you how I go about figuring that out. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. So I don't like to point these things out to be malicious. I really do think most of us are going about every day, doing our best, Even when we're failing miserably, I think most of us are really trying to do our best every single day. And I talk about these failures a lot less than I used to because I'm afraid it comes across too harsh and judgmental. Plus, it kind of annoys my wife when I'm taking pictures at the rental car place on our vacation in Maui, loudly carrying on about how there's no way there'd be an hour and a half wait to check check out and pay online. But they think it's completely reasonable to have two people working the counter with over 70 people in line to pick up the cars the customers already paid for. She gets kind of tired of hearing about that stuff and watching me take pictures of these long lines and just failures I see when we go around places. So I, I do it less than I used to, but I just had such a great example of poor communication on the vacation we just took. It's kind of comical and it points out problems that many of us face with employees who just kind of don't get it. And and, and we take things for granted, like people understand how important this stuff is and we don't really ever know like the, the story I'm going to tell you that the people who probably would care the most are never going to hear about this. They're not going to know this happened. And I think it's important for us to remember this, that we have to actively look to improve in this particular area because the only way we're going to hear about it is when things go terribly wrong. And by then it's already too late. So uh, again, just because I had such a great example, I thought I would, I would share with you guys. So here's what happened. So my wife and I just went on vacation. We went 10 days to the Caribbean, had a fantastic time. It was awesome. Beaches in St. John are, of course, just like, you know, maybe the best in the world. It's fantastic. Anyhow, uh, flying from where we live in the Phoenix area to St. St. Thomas is, it's like an all-day thing. In fact, we took the red eye to Miami, and then we had a long layover. And anyhow, by the time we get to the resort we're checking into, it's it's after dark. We can't really see anything. We so we, you know, it's fine. No big deal. We, we checked in plenty of resources after dark four. That's not the point of the story. We go check in and, and to give you an idea, like this is a, a garden style resort, meaning it's not a singular building with long hallways. It's a bunch of um, it's a bunch of buildings. Each building probably has eight rooms, I would guess, like three in the bottom floor, three in the middle floor, maybe two on the top floor. And there's, I don't know, a, a dozen, 15 buildings. I didn't count. So I don't I don't really know. but um, it's a garden style place. There's not long hallways. It's not like a hotel style place. Um, and it's on a really steep hill. So everybody has a view of the ocean and nice place. Anyhow, we check in after dark and we're given the usual packet. We get our key cards. We get a map of the property. We get directions to our room. We get you know, all the stuff you get. And we're told if we need anything, 
to reach out via text to a number they give us. Now, I want to stop there for a minute. Um, I know that texting is like the new cool thing, and and I get it. It's efficient. Um, but I think it's important we we consider on these kind of technological things, and you, I've, I've done a whole episode on this on techie kind of things. Like it's a balance of efficiency and the customer experience, and we have to just be aware for many people, this is a major hit to the customer experience. And I go talk to a live person when they're on vacation. I'm, this is not the point of the story, though. So anyhow, uh, we're, we're told to text. And again, we're not staying at the Waldorf Astoria, but we're not at the Motel 6 either. Like, we're staying at a place, you know, next door to the Ritz-Carlton. We weren't at the Ritz-Carlton, but it's it's a nice place. It wasn't like a crappy place. But so we're texting is like the new thing. Okay, fine, whatever. So we get to our room. And we get everything unpacked, and my wife wants ice. And so she walks outside, and, and she looks around our building, and she can't find an ice machine. Now, remember, it's dark. There's no hallways, so it's not like you just, well, duh. Everybody knows you go by the elevator and get, get the ice in the ice machine. like that. It's not like that. It's a, it's a garden-style resort. So there's no hallways, and it's, it's dark out. It's our first time there. We don't, we don't know where anything's at. So we, we, I go to call the, uh, the front desk, and it doesn't work. So then we remember that we have to text. Okay, no problem. So my wife texts this number and says, do you have an ice machine? And they reply, yes. <laughs> Just, okay, so uh, all right. It's our fault for not explaining that we want to know where the ice machine is. So uh, that's on us. Okay, fine. So then she replies and says, okay, can you tell me where it is? And they respond by saying, it's by the laundry. Well, we look on the map, and there's no laundry area on the map of the of the resort, the property. There's no, there's no nothing that indicates there's laundry anywhere, and we have laundry in our room. Like there's a whole laundry room in our room. So, anyhow, we we can't find the laundry area on the map. So she replies and says, "Thank you. Where is the laundry?" And they respond by saying, "It's by the tennis courts." And we again look at the property map, and there's no tennis courts on the map and we look at our balcony and there's no we can't see tennis courts now again it's it's pitch black out like we can't see a lot but you would think there'd be lights or something like that for tennis courts we don't see anything like that so at this point over a series of a few text messages we we are no further along figuring out where the ice machine is and we started and and basically my wife just like gives up and says Forget it. I'll just go out and try to find the tennis courts, the laundry, and the ice machine. In other words, we do what we would have done if there was nobody available to help us. Now, I would say this is an example of completely useless communication. Useless meaning we were literally in the same situation we were before this exchange happened with the people who were supposed to help us and probably think they did. They probably think they, they helped us solve our problem. And and we were literally no better off than before this entire exchange. N- none. <laughs> so at that moment, again, we'd been in the place like, you know, 27 minutes or something like that. We're kicking this thing off with not being super impressed with our resort. Now, ultimately, of course, we had a fantastic time. Our room had a breathtaking view of the Caribbean. Um, it, but if somebody asked me about staying there today or three months from now or four years from now, my brain would focus at least as much on the communication experience as the views. Because here's the truth. You can get lots of, you can get great views at lots of places in St. Thomas. This is something that's paramount for each of us to remember. Our customer can get 
can get our service from lots of places and correctly have a reasonable belief that their problem will be solved. And simultaneously, we all know that it's not always going to be reasonable to expect that we have a great experience or we have great uh, pieces of the experience like communication. Like we know we can get the thing fixed. We know we can get the problem solved. We don't know that we can have a great experience. And part of that is communication. So, but we get focused on like fixing the widget is the most important thing and how we do the thing is the most important. And we got to prove to everyone we're better at fixing that thing than everyone else. And that is not how this works. In my opinion, you're not going to convince people that, that you fix the thing better than everyone else. Like we all have certifications. We all have criteria we have to go through. Now, are there people who just completely blow it? Absolutely. Is that going to be, are we going to convince people that that's going to happen most of the time? No way. These are the kinds of things, in my opinion, that, that create great referrals. These are the kinds of things that great, create great retention, right? So how do we prevent what happened to us from happening in our own company where we have these like literal useless exchanges? We'll get, that, get into that in a minute. First, I want to tell you a little bit about a new group I'm starting, which will focus on helping you, small business owners and service industries, with growth and employee problems. Now, this is the lowest cost, smallest time investment package I've put together so far. And it's launching in just a few weeks. I'm still working on the details, like a name. <laughs> but I want to let you know as soon as I could that it's coming. So here's the thing. For less than $100 a month and only two meetings per month that you can attend live on Zoom or you can watch recordings at your own convenience, you will have a place to ask questions and work through the challenges you are facing with employees who don't seem to care, who don't seem to get it, and the hurdles you're facing to scale your business. So if you're interested in joining this group, which I haven't, don't even have a name for yet, <laughs> just send a quick introductory email and mention the $97 group to hello at serviceindustrysuccess.com. Or you can also send me a message on Facebook. But keep in mind, sometimes people send me messages on Facebook and they're marked as spam. and I don't get them for like months. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not as diligent maybe as I should be at checking the spam. Anyhow, again, we're talking less than $100 a month, less than a three-hour monthly commitment. Like that's... That's a small commitment I think is, is reasonably can be made for a business owner to overcome these growth and employee problems. And the bonuses I'm working on for this group are really going to make joining this group a no-brainer. Uh, so, if, again, if you're interested in joining the group, just send a quick introductory email to hello at serviceindustrysuccess.com, or you can send me a, a message on uh, Facebook Messenger. All right. So here's the thing on communication. I could spend a lot of time on this. One, as a consumer, few things create a bad experience more than poor communication. And I'm going to give you just a quick, a few quick examples of, of things that we've all seen or experienced. The contractor saying he'll be over as soon as he buttons up a small project on his way to my place. So he says, I'll be your place. I just got to stop and button up a quick pro a small project I'm working on, and I'll be your place right after. As if that's supposed to tell me what time he's going to be there. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, what, what is that supposed to tell me? Is that an hour? Is it two hours? Is it later this afternoon? And if I'm taking time off work and I can't just jump up when he says he's at my door, that creates a problem. Like most of us have jobs with responsibilities. We have to let people know what's going on. But the but we've all had the experience with the contractor where they're just like, oh, yeah, I'll be over as soon as I'm done with this thing. And like we're supposed to know what that means and do something with that. Right. Uh, another example I've had personally when booking an appointment and I ask, hey, are there any times open on Thursday? And I'm put on hold and I come back and the receptionist says, yeah, there's two spots open on Thursday. Okay, what times? Like, what can I do not knowing the times? Like, what? why do I have to then 
why am I then prompted to say, okay, and what times are those? Like, why wouldn't the person just naturally know, yes, we have two times on Thursday, one at 9 a.m., one at 2.30 p.m. or whatever, like what, or just in life, you know, we, we, we have situations with friends or whatever, where, you know, somebody will say something like, I'll be over when my wife gets home. She's going to pick up our daughter when she gets off work. Okay. Who's picking who up? What time? Like, does the wife get off at two? Does the daughter get off at five? Like, I, I don't know what to do with this. I, she's going to pick up our daughter when she gets off work is one I wrote down a, a long time ago. Like, I have no idea what that means. But mainly I can spend a lot of time in this because the company I sold was built by becoming the bar by which all of our customers, suppliers were measured. Now, I want to be clear about this. I'm not saying our competitors were measured by this. And I'm not saying just suppliers in similar industries were measured by this. I'm saying all suppliers of our customers were measured by the standard we set on communication. I cannot count how many times I was asked to start a company in XYZ industry because our customers were tired of enduring terrible communication. And they would say, would you please start a company in blank industry? You would have all of our business tomorrow, right? I, I literally cannot count how many times that happened. And it was, it, it became kind of a joke with our customers. Like we would see them in, in industry events and things like that, uh, their industry events. And, you know, we'd have a couple of cocktails or, or lunch or whatever. And it was just, it became a joke. Like if you guys would just start this, you guys would, would, would do really well. Like you would have all of our business all over communication. That was our number one competitive advantage. But just like your aunt, you just got to spend Thanksgiving with the one who has no sense of humor, but who thinks she's the arbiter of what is funny or not funny. We all think we're good at communicating, even those who are not. And I would say maybe even especially those who are not. So what is effective communication? Well, I kind of break it down in two buckets. It's going to be timely and it's got to be thorough. So how do we figure out what's timely? Well, let's start by identifying the different kinds of communication in our business. There's probably only a handful for each of us. For each type of communication, what is timely? Now, back again to my example of our company, the phone would go to a call center after two and a half rings. So our people in the office knew they had two and a half rings to answer the phone or went to a call center. And went to a call center. I got an email saying it went to the call center because the call center had to tell us what the call was about. So we had a two and a half ring urgency on all calls that came in. That's an example of like what is timely. Well, for us, it was two and a half rings. We answered the phone in two and a half rings or else we had a, we had a problem. But other examples would be like returning a voicemail. What's, what's timely when it comes to returning a voicemail? If you ask your seven or 38 employees, what is, how, what is a reasonable amount of time to return a voicemail? Would they all have the same answer? Would their answer match yours? Or email response time? You know, there's different kinds of emails. There's, you know, again, in, in my example, we had emails where people would email and say, I need to schedule an appointment. Those, we had a 15-minute rule. We had to respond within 15 minutes, period. In the story, 15 minutes. Now, non-essential stuff, we didn't have a 15-minute rule. If it was a solicitor, they, they, were, they would, you know, it would not be 15 minutes. If it was other kinds of things, we had different criteria. And you might have non-essential criteria for responding emails. It might be an hour or two or within 24 hours or, or end of business, whatever. As long as we all agree on what it is and we all have the, know the standard and meet the standard, awesome. So the first thing is, what are the types of communication we have? And what is timely for each one of those? And, and it, when we make a list of these things, you know, there might be six or eight types of communication. Writing an estimate. 
you know, providing a proposal, follow up on a proposal. Those are types of communication. What is timely as it, as it relates to those things? And the next one is, what's thorough? Question I would ask all the time. This, this was the, the, one of the foundational questions of the training we did on communication. What would tell us we have communicated thoroughly? And generally, the answer comes down to, we've, we've communicated effectively and thoroughly if the person has all the information necessary to do what is needed. Now, sometimes it's doing what they think is needed, like getting ice. And sometimes it's doing what we think is necessary, like leaving a five-star review. If they don't have all the information necessary to do either one of those things, then we failed. If, it, if we don't not provide enough information so they can do the thing they want to do or the thing we want them to do, then we failed. And that is the standard. Do they have all the information to do the next thing or the entire thing or whatever is appropriate in this situation? If the answer is no, our communication has not been thorough. It's our job to know the things that they're going to ask about that they haven't even asked about yet, if they're indeed going to be asking these things. You know, if you work with, uh, if you have uh, customers who think it's um, normal to, to take checks and you don't take checks anymore, well, you know they're going to ask this at some point. It's on us to say, FYI, we don't take checks anymore or whatever. Um, there's things that we know that are common points where people get confused or they're not sure or they make assumptions that are incorrect and we have to clarify those things. Why wait until then? Let's just let's just get out in front of that stuff, right? There's no benefit in waiting on those things. So the first thing we had to do, though, is, again, for me, the first thing I did and the thing I do helping my clients now is we just literally list out the types of communication we have and we determine what's the timely response to each one. And then, you know, once we identify what the, what the standard is, one of the things I found really beneficial with our team was just having regular conversations and in our training meetings, which were weekly, we'd have regular conversations about examples of effective, thorough communication. Some were in our company and some were just in our lives outside the company. It's amazing to see how the level of communication changed in our situation when effective communication was a topic we talked about regularly in just our team meetings, we would say, if you have examples of great or terrible communication where you're the consumer, bring those. We'd love to hear that stuff. And because what it does is it, it, it makes the context where they, they can get what it's like to be the person who's on the suffering end of bad communication. And it, and it con puts that in a context where it's more meaningful than this kind of we default into you know, we'll explain customers what they need to know when they have questions. Well, that approach sucks sometimes when you're the customer. It really makes things not fun and not pleasant and, and not likely to use this company again or refer them in ways that we don't contextualize it, like how it sucks for us when we're the customer, when we're buying a thing that has nothing to do with our industry. You know, if you're, if you're, uh, if you're in the medical industry and you're talking to employees about the last time they had their car fixed, that's a great way to contextualize um, what it's like to be on the on the on the losing end of bad communication because it takes it away from here's how it works in our industry, and and we kind of get this posture of well the customers kind of need to go along with how it works for us. That's not how it's supposed to work. Conversely, if you're in the auto repair industry or you're a contractor or something like that, you can talk about what it's like to go to a medical office and have bad communication there. There's 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 no shortage of examples all all the way around. So, point is. We find out, you know, we talk about the different kinds of communication. We don't say just communication in general. We talk about when returning a voicemail, here's how timely it should be. Here's what would tell us it was good communication. And we have, and we had conversations, at least we did. We had conversations regularly about how that 
impacted our relationship with the supplier when we were the consumer and also translated that to how we knew it benefited our customers when we did it on our own in our own company, in our own industry. So uh, if you find the information I, I share here helpful, please share this podcast with a friend or colleague you think could benefit from it. This is a great topic for all of us to get. You know, this is one of those things where I hear people say, yeah, that's a great reminder, Brian. And then I'll ask him like six months later. So which, what are the six or eight times of kind of communication you wrote out for your company? Well, we didn't really actually get around to that part. <laughs> so these are not intended to be great reminders in a general sense. This is I'm literally like step-by-step. Step, this is how we did it to become the bar that all of our customers or the majority of our customers measured all of their suppliers upon. This is like the three-step process we did. So uh, again, if you're interested in joining the group, I'm putting together the new group, just in a quick introductory email and mention the $97 group. Again, I don't even have a name for this thing yet. It's going to be coming out in a few weeks. I'm really excited about it, though. It's it's the lowest cost, lowest time commitment uh, package I put together so far. Just send an, an introductory email and mention the $97 group to hello at serviceindustrysuccess.com. Or you can send me a message on Facebook, but the emails will be much more reliable. And uh, I'll get you on the waiting list. I'm excited for this thing. And uh, that's it for this week. And I'll talk to you all next week. <laughs>